Nobody knows what's going on when we watch the Olympics. We just turn on our TVs and become obsessed with sports we haven't thought about in four years. This is why we made the Ringer Guide to the Summer Games. I'm your host, Roger Sherman. Each day during the Tokyo Olympics, I'll tell you about a different sport, athlete, or storyline. We'll be releasing new episodes every day starting July 19th. Follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so you know exactly how to watch the Olympics. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right at first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time. That's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com as well as The Rewatchables, where we are doing Fight Club. It's going up tomorrow. Me and Chris Ryan did it. The reason we did it is because our Woodstock 99 documentary is coming on HBO on Friday. It's going to be on HBO on Friday night. It's also going to be available on HBO Max all day Friday. It is a sneak preview of our Music Box series that we are launching later this fall. It's six documentaries in all. This is the first one. We wanted to time it with the 22nd or 20, yeah, 22nd anniversary of Woodstock. This is a great one. Directed by Garrett Price. Um, it is about a three-day weekend where basically everything goes to hell. It's more of a horror movie than a music documentary, but uh, highly recommend it. Can't wait for you to see it. And since we had it coming, we had to do Fight Club because it, Fight Club also came out in 1999. Um, it taps into some of the same themes and kind of makes sense as a combo. So that was one we had been saving for the right time, Fight Club, an all-timer. And Chris and I, it's coming on Monday. Also, Joe House is coming up in a second. He just did Fairway Rolling with Nathan Hubbard where they broke down the open. Colin Morikawa winning his second major. So they went on right after it was done posted a great podcast about that. If you want to hear us, we're going to talk about golf at the tail end here, but if you want to hear the full deep dive with house and with Nathan, you can check out fairway Roland. Also, we have a new podcast launching this week, Gene and Roger, um, which I think is launching on the big picture feed, the first episode this week, but it's another narrative series from us. We just finished the limb bias series, which was awesome. What if the limb bias story and now moving right to Gene and Roger. Um, which is another really good one about Siskel and Ebert, who had an enormous impact, uh, not only in the movie industry, but on pop culture too, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, even the uh, 2000s. So 
Gene and Roger, that's coming this week. Don't forget about the rewatchables. Don't forget about the Woodstock documentary on HBO and on HBO Max on Friday. It's coming. Finals will be over by then. You'll have, you'll have time. You'll be ready for it. Coming up, House and I are going to talk about all kinds of basketball stuff, some golf, maybe even some football futures. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, we are taping this. It is mid-afternoon Pacific time on Sunday. My buddy Joe House is here. He just did a fairway rolling earlier about the uh, the Open. We'll talk about that later. I want to talk hoops. No podcast for me after Saturday night's game five because it was Saturday night. I had a birthday party to go to. Watched it at the party. It was super fun. Came home, watched it again, watched it a third time uh, this morning. House, I am convinced that a Bucks title and the Giannis leap that we've had the last four weeks is the best possible thing that could have happened for the NBA. I'm talking big picture, what it means for the league, the storyline behind it, the guy who stayed, the guy who could have had everybody tempting him with, you know, come here to Dallas, you can play with Luka. Uh, go to the New York Knicks, you can play there. Go to one of the LA teams, go to one of the big markets, you can be a bigger star. He's not about that. Everyone said he was never about that stays with his team. They make it better enough that they can compete for a finals. They get some breaks and then they kind of hit rock bottom game five, Brooklyn series. He sucks it up and he's just like, I'm, I'm not going down. I'm doing everything I can to get here. Hurts his knee, comes back, has two iconic plays in the finals and did everything we've ever wanted from this guy. I gotta say he's a level higher than I ever thought he was going to be as a player. And just in general, it's such a heartwarming story, isn't it? Like we have no skin in this game. I'm from, I'm a Boston fan. You're a DC fan. I don't really care who wins the finals unless I'm betting on it. But I think this is such a great basketball story. I'm really like enamored with it. It's a damn good story. And it fits exactly the overwhelming, overarching narrative of this NBA season, which to me is last man standing. Mm. Like, you know, I, I would have been fine with a son's uh, victory in these finals and the coronation of Chris Paul and, you know, everything that goes along with that. And and the resuscitation of that franchise under Monty Williams and the story of that that son's team um, coming together in the bubble last year and ripping off eight wins and basically not looking back from that. Like, that's a bunch of great storylines. And Devin um, and the Devin Booker ascension. Yeah, too. right. The the emergence of Devin Booker as a super duper star. And Aiton. Uh, Aiton kind of winning well, uh winning his number one pick status. All of that, right? Validating his 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 number one pick status. Yes, all of those storylines that go along with the Suns fit, but this season across the board has been about uh durability, about uh, you know, just hanging in there. It's been a war of attrition. Mm. And that's been the theme that we've been seeing, you know, really from, from the beginning with all of the, uh, the, 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 the crazy schedule. And, you know, we, we've seen guys, LeBron complained about um, all the injuries in the playoffs and made the point about, you know, I, I told everybody that this was a risk. I mean, and Chris Paul 
properly clap back at that with like, you know, yeah. we, we all had an opportunity yeah. to express you, our buddy? point of view on right. this before the season started. But like, you know, Jokic won the MVP of the league because he played the most games. He was excellent. He was terrific. He, he delivered that Denver team to its very highest potential. But really, he won it because he played. He played yeah, it was the a, games. It was a reliability, durability award. That, and, and really, that's the theme of this season. And for Giannis especially to come back from an injury that to all of our eyes looked like it, it was going to be, you know, a complete, you know, a uh, bunch of, 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 of tears, uh, you know, ligament tears. And yeah. instead, he's, he comes back and he has iconic finals performances. And I am very happy to report the odds flashed up yesterday afternoon. Oh, there was some plus odds for Giannis as the MVP of these finals because you know when we're sitting here looking at it, two game, two to two, it's either going to be CP three or Giannis. And I saw plus odds for Giannis, and I jumped right on it. And and you know, uh, I'm fingers and the crossed. Rest, the rest might out. be history. We'll see. I had I had Bucks and six before the series, five to one odds. Didn't touch it. Didn't really bet any individual game because I just didn't like the individual game odds. But in the back of my head, I was like, I think the Bucs can win. They're going to win game three. That's how it goes. And I think they can win game four. And then by the time we started heading to game five, so many things in the series were falling in their favor. But to me, the biggest thing was just like, I think they have the best player. And how many finals have we watched where whoever was either the best player going into it or the best player as the series evolved, that guy's team usually wins. There's exceptions. But I think that thing, I was thinking about the journey of Giannis. And we've talked a lot about him in the last few weeks, but I, I really think it's the most important storyline in a while. Um, you know, he comes in, grows three inches his first year. His heading into his second year was there was some exhibition season footage. And I remember Jalen and I did one of our last previews before that series got canceled because I got suspended. And I showed him young Giannis stuff. And I'm like, what's this? This looks like something. And he's like, no, no, too early. But he, it was at that stage where it was like, oh, this might, this guy might not be a bust basically. And then over the next two years, he becomes the freak. He wins over everyone on Twitter. And it really seems like, oh, this guy's going to be a really good player. He's going to be an all-star. This is great. And then something shifts again. He wins two straight MVPs, but there still seemed that piece missing and think all the dumb there uh, arguments we had. And we have even had some on the show about the Batman Robin stuff with him. And it was like, he's better than Robin, but he's still going to need like his version of Kobe in the early two thousands. If he's ever going to want to win the title. And, but my long point leads to this, the stuff he's done the last couple rounds where he's kind of been the Batman, not the Robin, he's added things to his game now the Bucks fans are like, no, no, he was he did this in February against Orlando. It's like, no, he's <laughs> he's solving shit. Yeah, he's solving angles. It's not about just put the wall up and Giannis doesn't know what to do. Just make him shoot threes. Like he's attacking on forty five degree angles now. The stuff he did. There was that one play in the in the fourth quarter yesterday when it's like seven minutes left, and he had Aiton in front of him on the left side, and he just kind of went right at him. Half euro stepped him. Put, went left, but did a righty scoop shot and got the foul. And it was just like, it feels like he's got like 11 or 12 moves now that he can kind of draw from during these games, right? Well, he's definitely helped by the fact that they're playing the Suns because they really, the Suns do their very best to muster a version of the wall. 
but it's really not that formidable a wall. And I don't say this with the intent of de- dismissing or demeaning how uh, the, the growth of Giannis and what we've seen out of him in terms of his a- a- adapting to what that defense is showing him. But Aiton as the primary defender just is not, he can't handle Giannis one-on-one. Well, and a- as a semi-careful defender too, because he doesn't want to get in foul trouble. So I think like if he had a really good backup and he gets in anyway, he put 45 yeah. minutes yesterday, but I, yeah. I think he, it's always in the back of his mind. And Giannis has been really smart. He's just going at him. That's He's right. making him have to defend him. I don't know if he would have done that a year ago. I don't know if he would have realized like, I'm going to back you down, do this jump hook thing. Yes, um, exactly. I'm going to do this little one-legged floater over your head. I, I don't care if you foul me. I'll make one or two. I'm just going to keep going to the line and you guys will all foul out. Like he's, he doesn't look back. It's, I, I remember when, uh, when my daughter was playing soccer, like 10 year olds, they start really thinking about stuff like nine, 10 year olds. Like they may like miss a kick or something. You can see it gets in their head. And her coach was like, just be a goldfish. Just swim around. Whatever happened two seconds ago, doesn't matter. You're a goldfish. Just swim. And I feel like Giannis is a goldfish. So he missed, how many free throws did he miss in the last two minutes? Like five well, in a row? He just he, kept going. He was four of 11 from the free throw line uh, last night. And he night. missed his and, last and it five? Should, it should have been, it could have been game. It was <laughs> game changing. It was game changing. I mean, it it permitted the Suns to come all the way back. And the but Suns that's their had multiple heel, opportunities. Right? Yeah, they're, they're, Milwaukee's Achilles heel is the free throw shooting. They're a guy short. Phoenix's Achilles heel is they're too small and they're two guys short. Well, now on that point, Giannis led everybody in offensive rebounds last night. He had five right. offensive rebounds. And, and and that, you know, is is has been the story. The Suns' inability to secure a defensive rebound when they need it and the Suns' turnovers are the thing. And those that's just, you know, those are effort kinds of, of plays. Now, I'm not suggesting that the Suns haven't been expending max effort, but, you know, th- those are the, um, that's the nitty gritty stuff that that will determine this championship, I think. Well, and that's size and length and athleticism, which the Bucks have. They threw that lineup out last night with, uh, it was like Lopez, Giannis, Tucker, Middleton, and I think Connaughton, they didn't even have a point guard. Wait, back to the, uh, back to the Giannis point. Um, we were kind of bummed out about this finals, like deep down, because it didn't have the, it felt just felt like an asterisk here. I hate the word asterisk, but it felt like a giant footnote where just all these great players weren't in it. We had of the best 11 players in the league, 10 of them weren't in the finals, right? And then you think the way this worked out was pretty awesome. We had the Nets didn't get to rig their roster and try to win a title that way. Just the would, karma and bad luck just kind of got them. Same thing for the Lakers who rigged their title because they were able to get Davis to the Lakers and get everyone else to back off. <laughs> that backfired this year. Oh, the Lakers um, fans love you. Well, I'm just, the Bucks were kind of the homegrown old school title, which is like, you know, there's multiple ways to win a title, but I always enjoy the ingenuity, loyalty. Hey, no, no lottery picks, right? Right. Giannis no lottery was, picks. I think their highest pick. Um, so that whole fun, that whole part's fun. The whole thing that Milwaukee hasn't won in 50 years. I mean, you, you're getting that either way with Milwaukee or Phoenix. CP3 now, if Milwaukee ends up winning game six, which I feel like they're going to win game six, I just think they're better. But, you know, we've seen series where the team was better and blew the game six. San Antonio against Miami in 2013. CP3 now losing this finals 
becomes a historic rings culture guy. He might rings even be culture. Well, was, the whole thing when when everybody talks about rings, do they matter? And they have to list all the players, and it's like Barkley, Malone, Elgin Baylor, and they go through him. So the the best ten guys who've never won a title: Barkley, Malone, Elgin, Chris Paul, Nash, Harden, Gervin, Ewing, Iverson, Russ. In some order, you can order those guys any way you want. Um, CP three. This is the closest, I think in the finals that any of those guys got, except for Ewing. Ewing yeah, right. up 3-2, Houston, game six, game seven, but they just, they kind of needed one stop down the stretch of game six. They needed to make one shot. They couldn't do it. And then they lose in game seven. And my thing was like, I thought the right team won because I thought Hakeem was slightly better than Ewing. And I also thought like, if, you're, if your entire season's coming down to a John Starks three with Hakeem in his face, maybe you shouldn't win the title. But, that was the closest out of those 10 guys. Now, Elgin kind of won a ring because he was on that 72 Lakers team, but he retired during the season. But, it, you know, it's like barely counts. Um, out of all those guys, Ewing came the closest, but Chris up to nothing in the finals. Not getting it is devastating. So the, the one thing I hope we get after this, this NBA season is over is um I know what you're gonna say the revelation from from him or or through some you know journalism investigative wise as to his injury what what happened to him because it, unless he bore you know is able to uh get himself to Germany between now and Tuesday mm. for uh an injection of the super steroids you know uh, <laughs> super I'm pretty sure those are illegal, but well, yeah, okay. that's uh, hey, Kobe. Kobe went to Germany. All I know is Kobe went oh, he to went, Germany. No, he he likes he liked the food there. He got a treatment. Well, so, I mean, maybe Chris Chris would like it as well. He uh, got I'll, some he got some washed blood injected back in his knee. I think it was legal. Well, um, do, do you think Chris needs it? But he needs it in like four parts of his body. It does look like it, right? Because this is the conversation that we're having as we're watching the games, and we're all super attuned. And you and Rosillo. Talked about it um, after game four. It, it, yeah, and that was leading, like injured injured or choke. And it's it, like it, when he's not playing well, he's injured. And when he is playing well, he's fine. So that means then he choked in game four. Like we keep, we're going back and forth. I, I think I don't, we know the answer though. I I don't, there, there isn't a difference. It's, he's not choking. He's not, he didn't play. He didn't, he didn't get minutes in game four. He is hurt. There's no argument about it. I see, hurt like, or is he old? Because this well, is both, a different. Both. Both, I would say he's more things. old than her because everybody's hurt. Giannis is fucking hurt. Giannis can't even do the Euro steps anymore. Yeah, Giannis is 10 years younger than him. I know, but that's so, the thing. I mean, if you're that's... trying to win the title with a 37-year-old guy and you got to go four rounds in a whole condensed yes. season, like this is the shit that's that happens. Right. All I have true. some stats for you. Um, Chris Paul from round two through the first two finals games, he was 25 and nine, four rebounds. He shot 52-50-95. Only 2.1 turnovers, 4.6 free throw attempts. Remember yep. that, 4.6 yep. free throw attempts. His last three, 17-9-2, 52-44-67. Still not bad for the splits. 3.3 turnovers, 1.0 free throw attempts. And the body language doctor has not liked the body language from him. What's not... Even, even the language, it's it's the body. The body language doctor doesn't yeah. like the the body because He's, the body he can't penetrate and kick. You shared with us the shot chart 
uh, right. from from games three and and four, Milwaukee has taken away the corner three from the Suns, but the Suns have been complicit in in this uh, uh, attribute because CP three cannot penetrate and kick. He just can't physically do it. We're wondering well, you know, whether he can dribble with his left hand. Yeah, sometimes he can, sometimes he can't. They're also they're making Booker. They're kind of good with Booker getting forty points. It, it's it's apparent now. I mean, it, it puts it's it's a risky strategy. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a little reminiscent. I think the first guy I remember doing this was Pop in 05 against Nash, when he was just like, "We're taking rid of everybody. We're getting rid of everybody else." Nash, knock yourself out. Get your 35 to 40. Nash kind of didn't know what to do. He had one on one. It was the right matchup every time. Same thing with Booker. They're just they've closed out on the corners. It happened again. We talked about it on this pod after Game Four with Jackie and Sierra, and then. Same thing, game five. The Suns shot really well. That was one of the weird things about this game. They shot 55%. They made two out of every three threes, 68%. They shot 90% for the free throw, and they're playing home, and they lost. Your boy, Zach Cram. We have a nice Cram fact in here. Teams shooting 60% on at least 20 three-point attempts were 12-0, and 0, winning Oof. by an average margin of 24 points. And the Suns last night shot 62% on 21 three-point attempts and lost the game. I mean, it's some, some record-breaking stuff is going on here. It's a tough one. Well, going back to the Giannis and the outcome, and then we'll take a break, but um, Katie makes that three. It's a, it's a, it's if it's a, if it's, it's a, a damn, foot back. It's a damn big toe away. So we have the, so we have a ton of what ifs that come out of these playoffs. Yes. We have Chris Paul now as this just all-time, like, I feel bad for that guy. What a worrier. I'm actually not going to hold the fact that he's never won a finals against him. But by the way, he never won a finals. Um, you have the old school, homegrown guy leading his team, not thinking about leaving. You have that whole thing. Um, and on top of it, Katie stepping on the line put some chest hair on Giannis. It sure turns did. out to be the greatest thing that ever happened to Giannis. Cause if Katie hits that three and the Nets go the next round, they probably win. And maybe the Suns beat the Nets. Kyrie might be back at that point. Maybe Harden's okay. Maybe the Nets win easily, but we never have these last two rounds for Giannis. And, and then we head to the next season around Giannis. All right, what's up with him? What's this guy? What, what is he? Well, and, and, you know, coach bud gets fired. So immediately, yeah. Milwaukee in a in a type of turmoil, just because all it all comes down to KD's big toe. It's a crazy. We're gonna take a quick break. I have some more Giannis stuff for you. I'm gonna blow your mind with some Giannis stuff. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60 day money back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. 
That is Simply Safe with two S, simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Big picture. And the reason we keep talking about Giannis on this podcast is because this is some you know, I had that, my book, The Pantheon, there's 16 guys in it, added Curry recently. It's not a long list. The stuff Giannis is doing, done in this playoffs, in these finals, the game-to-game stuff, the consistency, the greatness, the stats, all of it. Coming back from the knee! With the knee injury on top of it, but he's averaging 32, 13, and 6 in the finals. 61% <clears throat> shooting. <clears throat> uh, for the playoffs, he's 29, 13, and 5. All right, let's talk about the company that's in. We have Shaq in 00 and 01 with 30 and 15, right in the neighborhood. Yeah. We have Shaq in 02 with a 29 and 13, exactly the same. Now, Shaq, those three straight finals, we were like, wow, that's one of the greatest three finals runs we've ever had. Giannis has matched it for a year. Kareem in 74 loses the finals, but put up a 32 and 16. Kareem in 1980, which was his greatest uh, series, in my opinion, 32 and 12. Hakeem, 94, 29, 11. Hakeem, 95, 33, and 10. And then Moses in 83, 26, and 16. So those are all winning performances with big stats. And my point is this. I had in my book and still on my list, I have Shaq, I have Kareem. Now he's third or maybe fourth. I have Moses and Shaq and Hakeem all in the top 15. And Giannis is in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. He, ju- he just drove his car into one of the parking spaces right next to those fucking guys for an entire playoffs, and he's about to win the title. And I did. I just didn't expect this. Did you? Well, um, it was plausible at the outset plausible. of the playoffs, right? Fair. Because, uh, uh, and I'm not, again, I ought not to confess this, nine to one for Milwaukee to win the title <laughs> before the playoffs began. I got on that because it was like, Ooh. look, there, there's, there's a, definitely a path here. I mean, the Nets were the prohibitive favorites, but the Nets had those injury concerns. And that was even before Harden, um, you know, uh, uh, Chris goed his way out of the playoffs. Um, (laughs) But and, and, you know, we didn't know what we were going to get with Philly and Philly was underwhelming. And that Atlanta (laughs) or or we did or we did know again. Right. But we were getting three field goals in seven fourth quarters from Ben Simmons. We kind of knew that deep down. But this was the thing that that made the Bucks compelling, like could Giannis and, and there was also legit coach bud questions. And I'm not sure that every coach bud question been answered satisfactorily, but the combination of Giannis and coach bud together on this journey, just enough doubt to, to make it, you know, uh, uh, a, a giant, mm, I don't know, but also plausible because Giannis can elevate and he did elevate. And we knew that, uh, 
Middleton and Holiday were were wild cards, and they both matured. They're both but wait, on the hold stage. that Middleton point because we didn't know Middleton could be like a legit second guy. On right? No, we team. didn't. We did not know that. We, I didn't we, know that. We, we we they they were they're the supporting cast. They're the crucial uh uh you know role players in this thing. Um, and- Holiday's been the only one that I feel like he's exactly who I thought he was throughout this playoffs. He's going to go four for 20 every once in a while. He's going to have games where it looks like he needs LASIK surgery. He's going to have games where he's completely dominant defensively as well, a perimeter guy. And he's he, going to have great two-way games like last night. That's he's until, all over the map, but he's good. Until last night, he was under 35% shooting um, in these finals. And he's a, he was volume shooting. I mean, it wasn't like yep. he was like the, these were, uh, you know, three for 11 performances. I mean, he, he he's getting the, he's getting it up. But one of the things that jumped out from the stories of last night, and you mentioned this on the defensive side, and this is the thing, if you're thinking about the Bucks and their prospects, Holiday is a lockdown defender. When Holiday has been on Booker or CP3, the expected points per possession for the Suns is, is, is like 22 points per 100, uh, 100 yeah. possessions. When he's not on one of those two guys, both of those guys, it, it, it jumps up to, to almost 40 points uh, per 100. So, I mean, that they, the proof is in the pudding. We see it with our own eyes with Holiday. But the idea of the Bucks in these playoffs came down to these very, very factors, right? Like Giannis next level, Budenholzer not fucking it up, and then Holiday and Middleton, can they do it? And, and it's, it's cool. We're here. Final stats. Some of these are great. I actually spent an hour going through all this stuff today. Shaq in 2000 in the finals, 38 and 17. Just every game. Wow. 01, 33, 16 and 5. Shaq. 02, slumped a little, 36 and 12. <laughs> the daddy. <laughs> straight years. The that's daddy. why, listen, that's why I always defend Shaq. He fucking kicked everyone's ass for three yeah. straight years. Yeah. Uh, Hakeem, uh, Kareem in 1980, 33 and 14. Moses in 83, 26 and 18. Hakeem in 95, 33 and 12. Um, LeBron had two good ones. Not He's a non-center, but in 2016, 30, 11 and 9. In 2020, 30, 12 and 9. So back to Giannis, 32, 13 and 6. Again, there was a parking space in this garage that we didn't know Giannis was allowed on this level of the garage. And he's kind of backing the car into the garage. What, what's this he driving? This is a thing. What? What kind of car is he driving? What do you like? Oh, what do you like, like Giannison? It's some awesome like Greek Range Rover. <laughs> it's got it's was, got I no mean, roof. It's I got all like kinds of shit. It's like something a Italian. I like something Italian. Like a, it's like him. the Himalaya. Have you seen the Himalaya car? I think it's like a no, Himalaya. I don't know that. I don't know no, that's that a good one. one. It's right. like a um the four the forty two club, as you know, the points, rebounds, yes. assists. If you're forty two and over and you've played at least twelve games, you're Special. It's not a long list. We've talked about it many times this pod. Well, there's a 47 club. Oh, Jesus. For guys post merger, it's LeBron, MJ, Hakeem, Shaq, Kareem, and Giannis. Those are our seven guys. LeBron's done it four times, by the way. Shaq's done it twice. The other guys have done it once. But again, LeBron, MJ, Hakeem, Shaq, Kareem, Giannis. Going back to the garage. Now, here's the other thing going on here. Defensively, He's better than Shaq was. Hakeem was incredible. I don't think he was better defensively than Hakeem was. I, th- I think he's in the vicinity of it, though. Yes. Um, he, I think he was a better defensive and a more impactful defensive player than uh, Kareem. 
at any point of the second half of his career. And then Moses was really an offense rebounder. Defense wasn't 100% his thing. You throw in the defense stuff that he's done and his ability to play against all these different types of guys, right? He's been matched up on Paul and Booker on the perimeter. He's had to guard Aiden. He's been all over the map. And on the key play yesterday, which if I'm a Suns fan, I'm replaying that. That's their version of Larry Bird missing the shot in 87 by uh, an inch. Booker, really good drive on the defining play of the game. They're down one. Drives hard left. Goes in the lane on Tucker. Tucker, who I think has sucked in this series, actually plays really good defense, stays in front of him, doesn't foul him. Giannis comes over, makes him guess. Booker's stuck, and he's about to turn and throw it to Chris for this yep. career-defining three. That's right. But Holiday sniffs it out, and he's already grabbing for the ball, grabs it, turns. I'm watching this live, and I yeah. see Giannis. He's doing that run-down-the-court thing. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to go for the alley-oop. Are you fucking kidding me? And I didn't think Holiday was going to throw it to him. And he throws it to him. Paul shoves him, which by the way, was a flagrant at every point of the season, except for last night for some reason. But right. that's, they've called that as a flagrant all year. Um, and Giannis finishes it game time. But that's, I think that is one of the great plays of the last 20 years. Like just for significance, everything that happened, the three different guys on the Bucks all making like really great plays. And then like an athletic play that I feel like how many guys make that play? Giannis Robinson? Young I, I Shaq? Mean, the, 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 I, I honestly am, am equally impressed by the, the balls on holiday to throw it up there. Like incredible balls. That's what, that's what I'm like. It, it was an all time two way play. I mean, you well, mentioned think about it. If he fucked up the alley oop, that's how there badly are a million that could have gone. That can go wrong. <laughs> a million things can go wrong on that play. Absolutely right. right. I mean, it has to be perfect. And and it was it was bang bang split second, like the sensible thing. And nobody would have been mad. Would have been for him to just dribble for a little while, right? And run some clock. And go to the free throw line. He's a good found. free throw shooter. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Of course. But nope. We're going to put the hammer down. We've got a one of one in Giannis. If I throw it anywhere near the rim, he's going to get it and he and he's going to finish it. And by golly, I mean, it was an all caps. Wowie. Wowie zowie. Well, and there's another thing going on here. If the Bucks blow that game. It caused me to make my list of what were the worst finals losses of this century because oh, sure. it would have been on it. The worst finals loss of the century and maybe all time was was the Ray Allen shot. Yeah. That's the worst basketball loss that's ever happened, in my opinion. I don't think there's ever been a more devastating loss. But I had some other good ones. I I just went 21st century. The Horry game, game five, 2005, Detroit, San Antonio, which is known as the Horry game. But it, the real diehard hoop fans remember it as the, I can't fucking believe Rasheed Wallace left Horry open when he inbounded the ball and then went right to the, and then right and had a wide open three. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, ball don't lie. <laughs> she said it. Ball don't yeah. lie, she. Ball don't lie. And, <laughs> and, I, and stay with Robert Horry. That should have been his two things. So that was a tough one. Uh, Lakers 08, game four against Celts, up 25. We yeah. come back, yep. make a bunch of threes. To me, that's the day small ball was basically created because we come back with this small ball lineup with KG and we're shooting threes. And it was, that was the lineup he should have played all year. And we're always like, every time you play that lineup, we score. 
we, uh, they, they flipped the, that stat. They showed that a little bit, you know, that 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 game as a marker for the comeback that the Bucks had by coming back from 16. You know, where they were right. flashing big comebacks in finals. And that was one of them. Well, and that's when three threes are such a big part of these quick comebacks. Now yes, you make yes. four threes in two minutes and bang. Um, we did a book of basketball podcast on this game, Orlando 2009 game four, uh, a Stan Van Gundy catastrophe, coaching catastrophe <laughs> with a little Jameer Nelson and a little Dwight Howard sprinkled yeah, in, but that not- ends up getting the Lakers. That was a bad one. Dallas 2006 game three. Series seems over, huge comeback. Wade starts getting every call. Game five was worse because that was the Bennett Salvatore. Yes. I, I'll never get over how bad that call was. I don't even like Dallas. I don't even think I bet on that series. I, that was one of the most horrifying moments that led to Cuban screaming at Stern, you fixed the game. Like, yeah. All that stuff. Uh, now we go to 2016, Golden State, Cleveland, game seven. Golden State's last six minutes are, I think that's the second worst loss of the last 20. Wow. Because you just need to hit one three and you win the game. Just hit one shot and you win the title at home. Just one. The Cavs don't even score the last five minutes other than the Kyrie three. It's stunning for for Golden State to to be in that drought. That's the thing that that's so stark about it. They're home and the fans are nervous and yep. it's just a rock fight and... Festus Azile's in there for some reason, and LeBron Amazing. hits two threes over him. Then nobody scores for four minutes. Brutal. Uh, Boston, 2010, Game 7. Yeah. Where Tough they blew one. the 18-point lead. They just ran out of... They wouldn't have enough guys. Yeah. And the Lakers were really good, but we were like a guy short because Perkins was out. And then uh, the last one I have is Cleveland 2018, a.k.a. the J.R. Smith game. It was a Game 1, so not as devastating, but... yes. LeBron and they LeBron knew it. He, he he was he knew that was it for the series. They weren't going to beat them five times. So I have those nine. And I think if the Bucks blew that game, I think it's the third worst out of all those. If you're up 10 and you're missing free throws and you leave Paul wide open on that three at the top of the perimeter for no reason at all, Booker hits that crazy going to his right three. And then you just can't, you just seem nervous and you fall apart and you lose that fucking awful. Yeah, they were up 10 in the fourth quarter. I think they were up 14 at one point in the fourth quarter, but they were up eight with two minutes and 23 seconds left. Right. And, they were and, up 121 12. They with two and a half. They were up they were up 10 with like 320 left. And we had two misses from Middleton and a holiday miss. And then they put the freak on the line. And this is again like how what a fine line. We're in here extolling the virtues of the freak. And yet that game was him standing on the free. And by the way, the free throw that he missed after the alley-oop. Brilliant miss. Which, which you know, sh- should have been. This is why the Suns are going to lose this series. They can't. They couldn't get a defensive rebound when they needed it. It's just that, that, that close uh, between these two teams. I think the biggest mistake they made in game five was not playing Cam Johnson over Crowder. I think they, I think they're a little too in love with the safety of Crowder, the same way the Bucks are a little too in love with the safety of PJ Tucker. Sure, but I think they, and I think for Game Six, Cam Johnson's the guy of asterisk. They need more from him in that game because one of the things with him is he rebounds, and he'll come in and he, like I, I feel like he would have gotten that free throw rebound. I don't even think he was on the court. Um, book uh, quickly, Booker. 
So that last possession, which I think is one of the all-time great finals plays. Like, it's like a, you could Zabruder from that play. Great Tucker D, great Giannis Hope, great holiday strip, right? Three greats in a row. Great Giannis sprint. And then a double great alley-oop. And on the flip side of that, Booker makes that shot, and I think they win. I don't think the Bucks. I think they just would have double-teamed Middleton and gotten a bad shot. And it's like this incredible fork-in-the-road moment for Booker because... He was right at the precipice of, wow, this guy might not just be like a multi-time all-star. Like we have to recalibrate what we thought. The stuff he was doing as a two guard is, you know, less than 10 guys ever, but he gets stripped and now it is where it is. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think Monty Williams made a mistake by not taking the timeout? I don't. Yeah. I, to me, that's a trust your team. That it's, I watched it a bunch of times today because I was yeah. I was trying to figure out what he should have done. And I actually think he did the right thing. I think the Bucks just played it perfect. Well, and he, but, they only had one timeout left and it was at the 30-second mark. And you have to have that timeout, you know, at the end to advance yeah. the ball. Yeah, for sure. The most interesting thing about that play is Chris, Chris kind of runs away from it. Yeah. I'm not saying he was afraid of it. I'm just saying Booker had the ball in the right corner on the Bucks side. They get the rebound. Starts dribbling up, no timeout. Chris goes all the way to the other side, like a 2018 Rocket style. I think he was like, running to a spot, though. I, I saw it. I know what you're talking about. There was, they crisscrossed. Right? I, I, I want Chris Ball to have the ball with 20 seconds So left. this is the thing. This is what I mean. If he's healthy. Maybe he's not healthy. He's healthy. Maybe he knew. Right? And, and who, but like, the play and, before, remember, with like 50 seconds left yes, on the right yes, side, he, yes. he got the switch on Connaughton, and then he dusted Connaughton on the baseline. And let's, I, just, let's, I just want Chris Paul to side in the game. He's Chris Paul. He, and let's give him credit. He really did almost decide the game. I know. He, he engineered that comeback. It was his smart plays and his finishing and his execution that brought them all the way back to that precipice of, of one point away. I mean, Booker also, who was incandescent, but he really awesome. CP3 driving that train, driving the comeback train. We didn't even get the CP jog toward Booker and Booker, like, look him off or the semi-jog and then the comeback. He was just like, Book's got this. I thought that was really fascinating. Well, you know, part of the thing, uh, and I don't remember where I saw it, might have been um, ESPN, on drives to the lane like that by by Booker, the Suns were seven of of ten with no turnovers. Wow. So when Booker was penetrating in that way, that was the only turnover on that kind of a penetration play. Uh, and it, and it makes perfect sense that that CP three would be confident that Booker would do it, and that Booker himself was confident that he could do it. I have a question for you, but we're gonna take it to a break, and I want you to think about it. Is Devin Booker the best two guard in the league right now? You mull that over. We're going to take a break. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right, first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time, that's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. 
This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by Honey Stinger. This is a show about sports and culture opinions, but right now I want to talk sports facts, the data, the stats. Honey Stinger, sports nutrition, trusted by more than 1,500 pro and college teams. That's right, 1,500. That's all 32 pro football teams. That's 39 pro basketball teams, 29 pro baseball teams, and more that prepare, perform, and recover with the delicious taste of Honey Stinger's energy waffles, chews, gels, and bars. Honey Stinger is the one team's trust. Use code Simmons for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. That is S-I-M-M-O-N-S for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. All right. So you can go into next season and you can have any two guard for next season. Are you taking James Harden? Are you taking Booker? Are you taking somebody else? Wow. Just the re- for, for the, one season? The reason I bring this up is because this would have been a ridiculous conversation six weeks ago. Yeah. You would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's right. Because the thing with Booker that's been so impressive, and I know the Bucks shot well yesterday, but he's really playing hard on both ends. I like his defense. He's really physical. He yeah. cheats. He gets eight fouls a game. They call four of them. But <laughs> well, remember that play smart. when, it, when it went out on Middleton, but then they decided it, they reviewed it. But And yeah, you watch the, the replay. Yeah, he's hugging Middleton. <laughs> he's, a hug. he's grabbing him. He's a hugger. He's I mean, learned he, all these tricks from all Chris All those Paul. hugs in, in game four as well. He's hugging everybody. Um, he just has the love. So kind I mean, of with, like the durability of that, the fact that he's a younger guy. And then Harden, I don't know what the fuck shape he's going to be in. But it's I would take Harden just because of the the ceilings higher. But it's interesting that it's a conversation. So who yeah, do you have? that's right. It's fun to have the 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 conversation. I'm still um going with Harden, but you know the the seeing it from Booker on this stage has been a revelation. And it's revelation, great, a great to have him um ascend into super duper stardom, right? He was a superstar, but now he's a super duper star. And a little alpha A too, right? Yeah, we have to have it. He has to be the alpha because CP3 is hurt. And I'm going to stand by that. CP3 is hurt. Where do you have Booker against vintage Andrew Tony? I brought this up with Jackie and Sarah on Thursday. Because <laughs> you, you also mean? revered Andrew Tony way back of, when. Of course, of course. But I mean, it's a different era. I mean, I all my my recency bias, all I can see is 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 Booker uh, with all his flexibility, all all of his uh, creativity. Wait, wait till we really see Booker as as a genuine playmaker, right? This is the thing that he's bumping up against. Like he he he's almost there in terms of involving the guys. He could be the one kicking out to Cam Johnson in in the corner, or to, he did it in uh, game Mikhail two. Bridges, yeah, right. He did in game two. They took, but they took away the lanes, and they just want Booker to be a scoring guard, which he's which been. Is, which he's 40, been. 42 nights in a row on the finals is like nothing to sneeze at, FYI. Well, it, and, it, and it's also never happened before that that a player scored 40 in consecutive games and lost both games. The thing with him, so in the playoffs, he's 28, 6, and 5. He's only 34% from three. In the finals, he's 34 and 4. He's 32% from three. It is weird. It seems like he's such a better three-point shooter than the stats say. He's not. <laughs> I mean, I, the stats tell the truth. The stats tell the truth, but if you're talking about what's this guy going to look like three years from now, that'll be the thing he adds, right? Same thing with Luca. And 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 assists. Like I, I'd like to see him get a half dozen assists, and I'd like to see him get to the line 11 times a game. Yeah. Well, 
he was awesome, but unfortunately, he's going to be a tough part of history with that play if the Bucks win. Because the two plays that everyone's going to show from the series for the rest of eternity are the Giannis block, yes, and the and the strip alley oop, which yep. kind of needs a play, right? Well, I mean, and and it really does the match strip up. oop. This <laughs> you you want a name? I don't. You, you, yeah, I I I'm, I'm not smart Stri- enough. For, strip for that. and strip and oop. That sounds sure. like a place you would you would eat at. I mean, or I'll yeah, go to Strippanoops. They're selling chicken there's, wings for half there's price. A, there's a lot of things that could be happening at Strippanoop that I would be into. <laughs> I assure you. But, uh, Every piece of Strippanoops, you're signing up. Yes, that's right. All the activities that might be going on in the Strippanoop, my hands are are, are, are raised. <laughs> I think Jalen's at Strippanoops right now. Uh, there's Jalen. What's going on? I wish, I, wish I was there with them. Uh, but how about the fact that for this play, for this these finals, the iconic plays for the Bucks are really defensive plays, and that really is the identity yeah. of the team and the reason why they have the narrowest of advantages over the Suns. So Phoenix was a player short, and now they're two players short. They never got the buyout guy during the season. Yeah, it's weird. Like Blake would have been nice on this team. I agree. That would have been a good Suns and you got to get Suns doctors, all that. And then they whiffed on the 2020 draft, which that, they, that poor Jalen Smith can't even play. They actually need him. They Kaminsky, need him. he's not playing either. Well, they I mean, had to play 45 minutes last it night. It was That's supposed ridiculous. to be Sarich. Can you believe that? It was supposed to be Sarich and that Sarich not being there hurts them. Well, they also could have traded Sarich, right? They, they could have done a Sarich and, and green for, or Jalen Smith, not green. Um, so they, they had ways to maybe get better and they didn't and they're feeling it now. Yeah, they're still pretty good and they, they're, they got no, they're all still really the good, but they, yeah. the finals comes down to, right. you know, the fact that Connaughton, who was incredible the last two games for what he is, you know, like I thought he was completely fearless. He had a couple threes yesterday when it was like, the game was about to become a blowout in the first like quarter, quarter and a half. And he had a couple big threes. He did. Middleton he, hit one. Yep. Um, and then the other one was uh, the the two shots Middleton hit in the last couple minutes of the game. That one with Crowder where Crowder, I, once again, like Crowder's in his landing spot. We've seen them call that all year. Yep. Middleton lands on him. They don't call it because it's last three minutes. So they, they can't decide. And look, I don't want more fouls and more reviews, but I'm just saying like we... We were playing it one way all year, and then they, but he hit that one. Then he hit a crazy. It felt like their offense was falling, the one twenty to one twelve. That one and, and a shot clock too. Yeah, they were right. just like it. Felt, just felt like they were discombobulated, and then he hit another one. So he was, uh, he's great. But yeah, I think Phoenix, they're just a guy short. And that and, I mean that it, it if CP three wasn't hurt, then it, it, they could gloss over, it. they could cover over it. But he's no, hurt. I don't he, think he's a he's, diminished CP three. Not having a backup big guy, and I think Co- Coach Bud's actually doing it. I think he was awful in game one. Game two, the Suns hit a shitload of threes. You can't do anything about that. But I think he's been really good the last couple games. I like when he stacks big. They, I thought his mistake yesterday was not playing Portis down the stretch because it seems like every time they go smaller, the the oh, yeah. Tucker plus minus, you, all that stuff. You think Teague, is, is there was a bad idea to put Teague in there? You didn't like that one? <sighs> I mean, look, That man, was the comeback. I mean, my he, he, he my ushered in the sucked. comeback. My team sucked, and Teague was our fifth best point guard this year. So I don't, I don't know how he ended up in the finals. Let's talk Middleton for a second. So there's like these old school sidekick guys, right? Like Sam Jones was like the best one. 
neither of us were alive for the Sam Jones era, but it was always like the Celtics were awesome. And then Sam Jones would do some shit. And if you're down one with 10 seconds left, Sam Jones was the guy they went to. He'd make shots. And he was like, I had him, I think when I wrote my book, I had him like in the low thirties. Cause it was like this guy over and over again, just came through in every stage could score even a little more than people thought. So there's been guys over the years. I think Tony was like that. We mentioned James Worthy. Mikhail became that for Bird. And then as we head into this century, um, it doesn't happen a lot in the finals, but 2005, remember Manu had that huge series against the uh, Pistons when Duncan was little, he was kind of fading at the end of that season. 08, Ray Allen. 2010, Gasol. 2011, the best version of this, Jason Terry. Yeah. Who wasn't even, was like barely an all-star, but just was, had such huge balls in that series. Yes. 2016, Kyrie, probably the most overqualified guy for this because Kyrie sure. was really good, but he was so great in that, those last three games. And then Kyle Lowry, 2019. And the question with Middleton was always like, could he be, could he at least be that? Could he be in, on that list with those guys? And he answered it. He is. Well, the, the, and the, it was still to me an open question at uh, 7.45 p.m. Eastern last night because we hadn't seen he and Holiday on the road right. shoot with confidence. And 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 something definitely changed. And I, I also will give credit um, to Coach Bud for this. In, in, in games three and four, the confidence that those guys developed and, and you know, b- both of them showed up for the road game. And this was like, you know, it's the first road win in the in these finals and it's all because of those two guys 100% because those two guys were up to it 44 minutes for Middleton 42 minutes for Holiday both of them shot uh over 50% and you know look at the numbers 29 for Middleton 27 for Holiday Middleton with seven rebounds five assists like complete games 13 assists for Holiday those guys are are the and good defense too Great did you defense. did you like Middleton before these playoffs? No, no, I, I didn't really I thought either. He, he left fine. me lukewarm. Yeah, yeah I he, thought he, he was, was fine. like kind of Tobias Harrisy. But we have a he has an identity now, and he does. and it, and it's helpful. And again, I'll give Coach Bud credit for this. He's their closer. He's the one that touches it because yeah. Giannis needs to be a decoy between the the combination of you know what the defense is doing in terms of the wall plus the free throw shooting. But. So, but Giannis, the, the the good thing with Giannis was he can he's closing now in these last four minutes. He's at least trying to figure out ways to, you know, put some points up, which I just felt like before, it felt like they were crippled yeah. at the end of these games. It's really impressive. Um, did you see this list of teams that went down 2 nothing and then won the title? No. How many people do you think are on it? Um, How many less, teams? Less than eight. Four. Yeah, okay. That's less than eight. 69 Celtics, 77 Blazers, 2006 Heat, and the 2016 Cavs. And that one, I still feel like if Draymond doesn't punch LeBron <laughs> in the balls, that series is over in five. Mm. I will believe that for the rest of my life. Um, how about this stat? Game six, home, up 3-2 since the ABA-NBA merger in 1976. How many times do you think that's happened? Uh, what do you mean? Has it happened? It, has How many it times have we had series? this specific situation? A team is home for game six with a chance to close and win the title. I think a decent number of times. You know, 
15 times? 11. Okay. What do you think the record of those teams are in, in the game six? Chance to clinch at home game six up 3-2. 10-1. and one. You nailed it. Hey, all right. Our only outlier was 05. Yeah. Um, San Antonio after the Horry game. They go back and they just did a stink bomb. But that I Duncan, he was Olympics. He played like a shitload of games. That we talk about like load management. Like that dude, um, he was running on fumes and they just they just sucked in game six and they lost. But the other times, 08 Celtics, 03 Spurs. 2000 Lakers, 97, 96 Bulls, 92 Bulls, 87 Lakers, 86 Celts, 82 Lakers, 77 Blazers. They all took care of business, which makes me think Milwaukee minus five or the Milwaukee money line tomorrow. They probably both. I I have bucks and six, so I don't need to do anything, but it it would be very unconventional for them to lose this. But then on the flip side, even if Phoenix wins, they got to play two nights later in Phoenix. Yep. With Chris's like running on the fumes of his fumes right now. Right. It does feel like. And it. you got seven guys. So if anything, that weirdly might favor seven. There is the 74 Celtics had a chance to close at home. Famous double OT game. Kareem hits the sky hook on the corner over Hank Finkel. Uh, Cause Cowan's fouled out. Poor I, Hank Finkel. My dad swears that I was at this game. I was four years old. I have no recollection <laughs> of it. Um, but, uh, but then the Celts went to Milwaukee for game seven and beat them. Okay. So we could see that, but I, I really think Milwaukee's figured it out. I think they've been better all three games. And I know you could say two of the games came down to one or two plays, but and that's true. I just think it's they have the, the, the best player in the series. It's the turnovers and the rebounding is what, you know, to me with, with, with Milwaukee having an advantage in both of those area areas that that's the deciding factor. We see, have you noticed, especially with the youngins, because we're old, everything has to be the greatest play, game, sequence, block. The, the hyperbole is pretty high. And after yesterday, it was like that one of the best finals games ever. I just want to point out, we've had a lot of good finals games. <laughs> it's been a lot of good finals moments. We've The league's been around for 75 years. It like, just feels like a relief because there was some concern with, the, yes. with these two teams and the, the, the way the, the whole playoffs went that it might be an underwhelming finals. And it, it's, it's, it's done better. It's much better than underwhelming. Well, we're on a streak now of three straight awesome game fives. Because yeah. last year was the Jimmy Butler, we're not ready to go home yet game against the Lakers. 2019 was one of the most dramatic, bizarre games in the history of the finals when Durant blows out his Achilles. Oh, man. Second half. Um, it's Clay and Curry, and they're just like, yeah. fuck this, we're not losing. And Toronto has a chance to win the title, and they don't. Yeah. But that was a really, really memorable game for 70,000 different reasons. Um, 2018 game one was really good, that J.R. Smith game. 2017 game three, go on YouTube, young ones, that time, and watch that one where it's basically Kyrie and LeBron against KD, Curry, and Clay. And, uh, and Kevin Love puts up a one for nine. <laughs> it was like R3 against your three and Kevin Love's like, cool, I'm not going to make a shot. Um, 2016, four, four and seven were good. Four was the one the Warriors win. It seemed like they clinched the, the, the uh, finals. 2011 game two, when Dirk comes back from 15 and takes LeBron and Wade and, and Wade does a little dance in front of the, uh, 
Dallas yeah. bench and Dallas gets pissed and Dallas yeah. comes back. Yeah. Um, 2013 at game six and seven. Game six was the best game of the century. And then uh, 2010, game seven, Celtics Lakers. So, so just in the last 12 years, we've had some really good games. Yeah. Is my that's point. good. It's good for you to call just, them out and people can, can look them up there's on some the really YouTube good ones. They throw it. on YouTube. Yeah. yeah just yeah. go. Yeah. Do a little work. Not the everything NBA, has to be the greatest. The NBA finals tend to be pretty effing good. Yeah. Yeah. We've enjoyed it over the years. We uh, have. All right. Here's my path. Can, right, I'll ask you this. Can Phoenix win game six? Sure. Yes. We've seen with this this Phoenix team, if they start hitting threes, it uh, the, the biggest question is how is the hyperbaric chamber that Chris Paul is is sitting in right now? What are they <laughs> pumping into there? And, and and I'll stop making the jokes. Like, how's his body recovering? Right? They've got they've got ice. They're doing everything possible, electric stimulation, anything they can do. If he shows any semblance, and honestly, he was pretty effing good last night. Now we saw him, and and yeah, but you know what though, he was he was good in the fourth quarter. I, I know, think but he Ra can play a good quarter. I that's don't know if right. he can play a good that, game anymore. Exactly, Rosillo said he was disengaged. I'm not so sure that he was disengaged. I think he was, you know, load managing within the game to be ready for for the possibility. They were still within shouting distance in the fourth quarter, and he willed them all the way to the precipice. A one point, you know, they're only down by one at that moment. Um, so I, I uh, absolutely, positively, there's no doubt that Phoenix can win game six. Yes, is my answer. It's like when you go to strip and oops tonight, load management. You're not going to go hard for four hours, but there's going to be a couple great 45-minute yeah, stretches and I, in there. I'm not breaking out the $20 bills right when I walk <laughs> in the door. Just, just for, you know. Here's my roadmap for Phoenix winning game six. Everything you just said about Chris Paul, the comeback, the Chris Paul semi comeback game. I don't even think we need a, like a full comeback game, semi comeback game. More Cam Johnson. More Cam I think, Johnson. I, I think I he needs 30 minutes in this game. That dude, and I thought that was a terrible draft pick. I was wrong, but I think they need that guy's athleticism and his threes and like just a little rational confidence on both ends kind of guy over what Crowder's given them. Uh, they need one more really good Booker game. He doesn't have to score 40, but he still has to, you know, make the majority of his two points. They need Connaughton to suck. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they need him hey, to stink. They need I mean, him to not to cool off. He's made everybody forget about Dante DiVincenzo. I know. They need um the same kind of missed free throw bullshit yes. with the Bucks. Yes. And they need Drew Holiday to have. Who is it? Mr. Hyde? Who is the bad one? Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? I think, uh, I don't know. I, I think the whatever the bad, the bad one, one is, they need, whether it's Jekyll or Hyde, I can't remember who is the bad one. Uh, they need Holiday to suck again offensively. He's not going to yes. suck defensively because he's great. But I think if you get all those, the danger is, and um, having been fortunate enough to been at closeout games in my life, especially when you have a slightly better team and you have the best player in the series, the danger is, that second quarter when the crowd's like going nuts and the players can kind of start to smell it a little bit. And especially if you have the best player, there's an energy thing that happens and we could feel it. So the last one I went to for the Celts was the 08 game six against the Lakers and KG in the second quarter, the bench brought him back, made a couple threes and KG was just everywhere. And, that, that game hit a point where you could feel it slipping away and Jackson was calling timeouts and 
same thing like with that 86 one I went to against the Rockets. Like there, the, that was the third quarter where that happened. But there are these moments where the the crowd and the other team, there's like this urgency because they know like, man, if we don't, we don't stave this off, like this is it. And, and you can kind of freeze from that. And that would be my fear for Phoenix, especially you're playing seven guys, you know? And it, like when campaign is out there, they're down eight and the Bucks can just like, all of a sudden the Bucks are up 17 and that'll be it. The Phoenix won't be able to come back from that. I don't know if that's, if I agree with, with, with that, because I think that energy dynamic you're describing also always happens to that, to the home team, home team jumping out. I mean, I, I, the, I, I hate to, uh, put any kind of bad whammy on the bucks, but I feel like, you know, first the, the bucks first quarter, whatever it is, money line and whatever they're favored by for the first quarter, I'm betting both of those right bucks in yep. the first quarter. But then you know, similar to what we saw last night with the Suns, that you jump out to a, to a big lead and Crowds then, in a frenzy. Yes. The, and, and then uh, the other team makes a couple shots and then all of a sudden and then the energy shifts. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Well, we've seen the flip side of this where it's like, I'm going to the finals tonight and my team's going to win for the first time in 50 years. I've yeah. paid an incredible amount of money for these tickets and this is going to be the greatest moment of my life. And then you're down eight in the third quarter and it's just panic time. You're like, I, what What happened? All those, all those scenarios are at play here. Do you want to dip into some of your experiences in the first and second round with the bullets over the last 40 years? Because those are the only two rounds you've experienced. That's not nice, but I will say I'm happy to have Wes Unsell Jr. manning the helm here. <laughs> happy this to have it perfect, back. It's a it's a very <laughs> low consequence situation. So let mm. this guy have the opportunity, an iconic figure for the franchise. The ceiling is not very high. He's not gonna fail. And and he just needs to mind the store for a couple of years while while the the uh almost bullets reboot from the D Davis Bertans disaster. How did you feel about LeBron picking last night, the weekend of when his movie came out, to finally go see his alleged close buddy Chris Paul play in person? The most predictable thing ever. What do you mean? How did I? What? How did I? He feel? went to a WNBA game last round over the Clippers Suns, like Game Six. He was he was like five <laughs> minutes away. He could, couldn't have cared less. Oh, my Phoenix. movie's coming out this weekend. Um, all right. I think those are all my notes. Just that the only other one I had was I made KOC look up on Second Spectrum all the Tucker numbers, trying to figure out why the fuck he's playing so much. Booker's 14 for 24 against one-on-ones against Tucker in the finals. It's just because he's, it, you said it uh, much earlier, he's just a trusted person out there, right? Coach Bud feels like he can trust him. Whether it's and, true or not, he just feels like it. And knows how to box out. It's great hey. box outs. And, and you know, uh, he 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 uh, is always hysterical when a foul is called against him. So, you know, he saw Incredible reactions. Yes. Can't believe he's ever been called for a foul. I mean, that counts for something. Reminds me of my wife's reaction when Jalen ate three three twice baked potatoes at July fourth, <laughs> when she only made thirteen. <laughs> Same kind of PJ Tucker reaction. Um, the uh, should have been at the stripanoop. Strip. Well, maybe he maybe that's where he headed after. Uh, yeah, that's all I have for these finals. I think we hit we hit all my topics. So we'll take a break. We'll talk a little golf and uh, some football features. This episode is brought to you by Peloton. Spring, the best time of the year to dial your fitness routine up a notch. You know it's gonna happen. It's gonna get warm. You're gonna start wearing shorts. 
start wearing bathing suits. Just, you're not going to be able to cover up behind those big coats anymore. Also, it's nice outside. Get outside, do stuff. Or if you don't have time to get outside, I got Peloton for you. Whether you have five or 60 minutes, Peloton's workouts were made to challenge you. Classes like boot camps, full body strength, boxing, marathon training are created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in and you won't feel bad about not being outside. Peloton's expert coaches, challenging classes, and nonstop vibes will keep you coming back for more. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. This episode is brought to you by Verbo. You know, it is already stressful enough to deal with airports, delayed flights, bad weather. You want your actual where you're staying experience to be perfect, to be lights out. You don't want to have to worry about anything. When you book a vacation rental, you want to know exactly what you're paying ahead of time. The stress of getting hit with unexpected cleaning fees after your stay, that can immediately cancel out all the great time you just spent unwinding. Thankfully, when you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn 2% cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Verbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. All right, so the golf, the majors are in the books. Our guy, John Rom got one. Morikawa. Morikawa put his stake in the ground for best young player in his 20s, potentially, other than maybe John Rom. Um, we had no LT Gray. Spieth did a lot of sniffing. Sniffed around, felt like he, he was confidence was rebuilt in a lot of ways. And then yes. Louis Ustays and became part of Rings culture. I think he's on that list with Chris Paul and Barkley and Malone, but just classic Louis. Uh what other what are the other before we get into uh what happened today, what were the other big storylines from these four majors that you cared about? Were those it or was there another one? Well, we had uh, an unbelievable run of seven majors in the last calendar year because mm. of, you know, the 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 pandemic. So we had the the PGA Championship in August of 2020, and between August of 2020 and and mid July 2021, seven majors competed with like in, incredible. the 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 winners are Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Hideki Matsuyama, Phil Effing Mickelson, John Rahm, and Colin Morikawa again. So think about that that circle and that cycle. Morikawa at the beginning with no fans. And then on the backside of this at the open championship in, you know, that that was the only major last year that deferred. They said, we're not going to compete it because they couldn't, um, you know, get get the themselves confident that they could host a tournament um, over there. And they had a, an insurance policy. They took advantage of that. So it's been an, like an unbelievable. <laughs> I like how you waited to get to that point, which was <laughs> really the point they postponed it. Yeah. And they actually well, you, made money postponing it. They couldn't. They really, the problem, although I would have enjoyed it with uh, the Open Championship is the the weather, you have like a six-week window weather-wise, you know, over there, you, you know, but anything that you start getting into September and it might snow. Um, well, I, I got to say, know. this was this was the least amount of any major I watched over the last few years was this Open this week. Well, I was just you, burned out. It was too many, too many majors in a row. I was in on the hoops. It's summertime. 
It's, and that's I just right. like, I'm just going to watch the last round. I don't it, really care what else happens. It's been a while since coffee golf was in our lives, but this is coffee golf, right? This is you wake yeah. up in the morning. It's it's on. You check the leaderboard. You have your nice pot of coffee there. And you have to like rebuild that 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 familiarity, that that you know, the relationship that you've had your whole life with the the British Open. But I I was up to it. I enjoyed it. I I love waking up at you know Thursday morning. I was up uh, like six fifteen, laying mm. in bed, didn't move, but I was able to watch some golf. It's it's just when especially the 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 scene of it, right? It's not like anything you see here in the states. It's 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 links. It's um. The colors are all different. The guys are wearing long clothes and stuff in the middle of the summer. It's hot here in D.C. and the guys are wearing long. I mean, I love it. So uh, do we get the, do we get Ryder Cup this year or no? Yeah. Yeah. So look, yeah, the, the, we have big time golf on the horizon. The Olympics is going to be super interesting. That's two weeks away. And then the PGA Tour Championship, which is, you know, the FedEx Cup playoffs and everything. It's fine. It's just an opportunity, though, to see the great players again come together in August, which it'll be good. And then the Ryder Cup in, in September. So there's still good, a lot of uh, opportunity to see some great golf and a lot of intriguing storylines, not the least of which is Bryson DeChambeau, who is going to go be teammates with uh, Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas. And uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, I, I, oh, Z- Xander Shoffley. Um, no, it's, it's Shoffley. It's Xander Morikawa. DeChambeau um, going go over to the Olympics. Oh, I got um, gotcha. you. And, and they're, you know, he's representing America, but we he's been on this streak of of uh, <laughs> brand management because he can't get out of his own way uh, between his feud with Brooks and then complaining about his equipment at this Open Championship, which was the dominant uh, theme. I love that. that. that I, yeah. Anytime... Anytime it's a long paragraph apology to somebody's business <laughs> relationship, you know something horrible happened. It was awesome because Cobra and he have like a, a mutually assured destruction kind of relationship. Like yeah. Cobra doesn't a lot not a lot of pros play the Cobra equipment. Bryson is by far their best player. Ricky plays it and Jason Duffner plays it. Um, but Br- Bryson, you know, they they have indeed gone crazy trying to meet his needs. Over the over the years and and his reinvention of his approach to golf over the last year, really just calendar year, all the weight he put on and all the swing speed and everything, the pressure that put on Cobra to try and meet him where he wanted to be met has been astonishing. And the representative is like, um, bro, you got to slow your roll. And we're going to tell you right now politely to go fuck yourself because all right. we've done is try and accommodate you at every turn. And. And Bryson, to his credit, snapped too. His representative wrote a wonderful apology for him. Aaron Aaron Rodgers was like, I loved what you did <laughs> writing back at somebody that works with you. Our Olympics odds on FanDuel, by the way, we would never criticize FanDuel the way that uh, Bryson went at Cobra. We love No, FanDuel. we would never. No, FanDuel is great. Absolutely. I, anyone, nobody would ever say anything bad about FanDuel. John Rahm is five to one. JT is 10 to 1, Morikawa is 10 to 1, Shoffley's 10 to 1, Rory 10 to 1, and Bryson is 11 to 1. Those are our best odds. Then it gets into like this Matsuyama 12 to 1, Hovland 14, Casey 22, Shane Lowry 22, Abe Answer 29. And then it gets crazier. My yeah. guy Tommy Fleetwood is 33 to 1. 
Yeah. And I, Tommy Fleetwood might not be my guy anymore. Anyway, who do you, who do you like, House? Well, I mean, those odds are all brutal odds. You know, you, 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 the, it is a smaller field, so it is the kind of field where there are maybe only like uh, 15 guys that can win. I, I want to sit down and, and, and look at the, the course a little bit and, and just formulate a game plan around who's going to adapt the, the best to being over there. Who's going to be able to handle the COVID stuff? So we're staying away. We're going to stay away. But on fairway rolling, you do it. I and 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 it, it it might be a little bit of a lean towards the Asian players, um, because mm. it's really like Hideki. On the one hand, it'll be the most pressure he probably will have ever felt. But on the other hand, he just won the Masters, so he's playing with house money, yeah. and he deliberately did not compete in the Open Championship because he had gone. He had COVID a handful of weeks ago. And he was like, I'm just not in in the right kind of shape to, to go over to Britain and try and compete all that travel and everything. So I'm going to look and see who, who says they've been, you know, in Asia for a few weeks, acclimating to the time change and all that kind of stuff and probably bet that way. Speaking of acclimating, yes. football, got Warren Sharp's book in the mail this week. Our yes. Guy, our yeah, guy Sharpie. Nice big officially, fat yeah. That's right. Nice 463 pages. Jesus. The 2021 pre football preview. If you love Sharp, you heard him with House on the uh, Ringer NFL show last season, um, and you'll be hearing him on the Ringer airwaves again this year. Um, he also does this giant book that has all his tendencies and it's become kind of one of the Bibles for if you I, care about gambling. It's, I agree. it's like you kind of have to read it. Um, we're going to quickly talk just a couple win total and, uh, playoff bets. So you mentioned the one that you can't believe is the Titans. The Titans right now on FanDuel, the over is nine. It's minus 150. Make your case for why we should be betting over on this. By the way, 17 game season, which I'm going to keep saying every time we talk about football bets over the next two months, 17 game season. So yeah, it's so not nine and seven anymore. You, it no. could be 10 and seven. Yeah. 10 and seven wins that bet. Nine and eight pushes that bet. And I think uh, that uh, division is going to be an absolute train wreck. Houston and Detroit are going to compete for the worst team in the NFL this upcoming season. Houston hasn't figured out the Watson situation at all. I, I mean, like that, they don't. They we have no idea what's going to happen with that, but it's he's clearly not playing for them this year. It doesn't it, seem like it seems very unlikely that he's playing for them. And they were bad anyway. I, I I can't wait to fade the Colts this season. I, I, I just can't believe the idea that Carson Wentz is salvageable uh, or, or, or is a, any kind of reclamation possible whatsoever. And, they do and, have a lot of blue chippers, though. That would be my only fear with that. Well, the the, the one thing with the Colts is... Uh, you and I, you, know, you loved them last year. and that, I, I think did. you're just butthurt. I think you just lost too much money in the no, Colts but last I, year. I want to know who their backup quarterback is ultimately um, is going to be that that's the decision for me uh, with, with the Colts, right? You know, if, wow, you're that down on Wentz. Oh, well, what proof is there that he's capable of being a, a start, a winning starting quarterback? When was the last time he was a winning starting quarterback? Um, it's, it's been some years. Uh, racking my brain. <laughs> anyway, so, some years. so you like so Tennessee. Is, yeah, because I'm fading the Colts. Houston is a debacle and what, and, and Jacksonville, like, you know, uh, First year uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence and first year <laughs> Urban Meyer. I, well, I that, love that. To me, situation. the Urban Meyer thing is a bigger piece than Lawrence. 
Sure. That, yeah. I, we have no idea if that dude, we've seen college coaches. Remember when uh Spurrier came and coached your team for a couple of years? How'd oh that go? Oh my God. Not, not, that's one of the ones I've also filed so deeply and far away for my consciousness. Um, yeah. You've, you've buried more bad sports experiences than any friend I have. Just these <laughs> two year aberration that were like the Andre, Blatt, hey. three years with Andre Blatt's just bur burned in the back of your head gone. I, I have a world series and a That's Stanley you, cup in the last five do. years. So Congrats. I'm not complaining. Can I give you an alternate, alternate Titans bet? Let's hear it. Cause they have alt win totals on FanDuel. Okay. Over 10 and a half wins plus 170. Yep, I'll I'll do that. I'll so gladly go eleven do and that. six. Fine. Over eight and a half wins is minus one seventy five. I don't want to lay all that juice. It's too much juice. I'm confident, but I just don't. You know, I don't tie up my money that way. Your dumbass team. <laughs> over nine and a half wins is plus one eighty. That's an alternative line, right? Alternate line over eight and a half is plus one hundred. So you get even odds. So, Nine, and, go nine eight. and eight, even odds. Man, Fitz Magic and 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 Heineke. That's I think what I'm team, betting on. I thought your team was good last year, <laughs> like because well, they went they, toe to toe with Tampa for three quarters, and and they've made some um, really nice additions, like Kurt, the combination Agreed. potentially of Curtis Samuel, like a sleeper kind of fantasy kind of dude. Keep your eye on this connection between Fitz Magic and 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 Samuel. Like yeah. there's a couple things about getting vertical. Scott Turner is dying to to get vertical. I mean, he hasn't had a quarterback here capable of throwing the ball down the field in you know since he's been here. So you over eight and a half, you kind of like. Yeah, it a I like. Bit? I do. I do like over eight and a half. Nine feels fine. And and by the way, that I don't think they're going to win the NFC East. Uh, I think Dallas is. Pat's sorry, sorry, cuz. Pat's over nine is my lock of the year. There's no way we're not going ten and seven. I I, I still. Have reservations no, at the quarterback off. position. No, I have we'll reservations, Bill. We'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, okay. we, we we tried we tried that last year. They were not we'll be fine. fine. Who okay. else do you have? What are some of your other favorites? I like um, the the Eagles under. Uh, let's let's see what the number is right right now. What's the number on Fanduel? I have uh, under six and a half. Oh, plus plus one twenty. A little low. Well, so six and and eleven, that's tough. Although I will say this, they have they are one of one in terms of this scheduling debacle. I think they yeah. uh, play four games in seventeen days, which is just so grossly unfair in this era where the league is allegedly you know much more focused on player safety and you know getting getting the guys the opportunity to recover. And that that bet for me is a combination of the Dunderhead coach, who I absolutely think we're going to love because we we need a, an Adam Gaze replacement. And I think this moron is just the guy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to love his press conferences. Yes, I, I, they're, 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 they're already wonderful. Uh, and then um, that, that's, that schedule fuck that they have. They, they got schedule fucked. Um, so that, that's a, a, a little under. I'll play a little bit on that one. And then I and like don't, the... Don't forget meager talent. <laughs> That's, I mean, you know, Hertz, uh, one of the stats in Warren's book that I saw very quickly is he had the the lowest completion percentage uh, compared to expected completion of, of any of 38 quarterbacks in the league last year. Small sample size, but still not not completing the way he should. You like the Giants over seven? 
I don't know. I, I think maybe like right at seven. Seven and ten sounds like a Giants uh, a record to me. Wait, I have a fun intermission for you. Oh, uh, my son Ben Simmons back hey. from back from IMG camp. Does um, he have clothes on? He's now five eight. Um, Ben, come over here for one second. Can you just? There's house, your buddy. House. Um, wow. He's like you're an, you're almost a man, Ben Simmons. I know. What's Look going his, on? House, can you give? Uh, I mean, uh, Ben, can you give House your Space Jam review? Take your gum out. Give me your gum. I sold it. Um, okay. it was all right. It was all right. Okay. It was all right. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just all right. Like, what What was your favorite part about it? The ending. The ending. Don't was tell good? me. No. Don't I ruin mean, it. The movie was over. Oh, that, that <laughs> ended. That was your favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. The acting was bad. The plot didn't make any sense. Was LeBron a good actor or no? LeBron was okay. You like you, LeBron though. His generation loves LeBron. I like LeBron too. I don't have I like, any problem I with like LeBron. I like him, but sometimes, sometimes I feel like I have to swim against the stream. Just Ben, just don't tell fun. me who wins the game. I know there's a big game. So what was your final grade? C plus? Like a B minus B. Well, for him, that's like a D plus because he likes everything. All right. Thanks, okay. Ben. Thanks, really ben. electric appearance from you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he has a 14-year-old boy things to do. Yeah, I don't know. where It looks like there's some skateboarding. He'll probably be breaking something in about five minutes. Uh, all right. Give me more uh, over-unders. La I I'm looking at the Rams. Uh, tell me what mm. the Rams number is right I now. I looked at them as well. So they are over 10 and a half as plus 125. They'd have to go 11 and six. I, love I that like that. that, that yeah. I'm on that one this year. And I'm also going to play McVay for coach of the year. The, the, those um, odds are not out yet, but I, I absolutely I'm on McVay. I think that the synergy between uh, him and, and, and the, you know, the, the significant, significant, you cannot be overstated, significant improvement at, at the quarterback position and how vertical they're, they're capable of getting. Um, well, they're also th built to be good for this year. They traded 130 draft picks. Like they, the only thing that for will, this season they have, they have, they are 22. They have exactly 22 great players, I think, and and then and then nothing behind it. So they really can't um, take on big uh, injury, uh, uh, you know, whatever that, that that stat is. You can't you can't have a ton of injury games if you like the Rams over whatever that stat wise, is. You mean yes. injuries? Yes. Um, well, I, you know, it's like missed games due to injury, that that whole thing. Their alt-win totals on FanDuel, 11.5 is plus 210. So they go 12-5. and five. I, That's not far-fetched. Over 12.5 is plus 390. They have to go 13-4. and four. No, I'm and not doing that. The reason I bring this up is every year in the old 16-game schedule, somebody would always go 13-3 and three or 14-2, and two, right? Every year yes. we'd have the one team. So if you think the Rams can be the one seed in the NFC, I would recommend the plus 390 over 12 and a half because somebody's going to go 13 and three and be the one seed. So why not them? Who are the the contenders in your mind as we sit here today, you know, in the middle of July? As the we one just start seed contenders? Yeah, turning on our football brains because it's not Green Bay. It's not New Orleans. Is it? I mean, you, you, well, it's, we're not. It's, it's Tampa. It's Green Bay if Rodgers comes back. And it's San Francisco. Yeah, okay. So you, so you do have FanDuel, San Francisco. San, well, not only do I have it, but on FanDuel, their division odds are better than the Rams division odds. Because that that um, San Francisco uh, concept really puts a lot of pressure on, on Jimmy G, doesn't it? Isn't he still the starting quarterback? He is, but they came within, you know, 
uh, one incompletion of winning a Super Bowl with them. Two years ago. Yeah. Two years I, ago. So that's your case against the win totals with the, uh, with with the, Rams. the Rams. It's just their division. They have the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals, and that's all of right. those teams are 500 or better unless yes. Kingsbury falls apart. But yeah, the Niners are plus 185. I, I don't know. The Saints, I guess... Sometimes they we write them off and then all of a sudden they're five and one or six they're, and one. They're I don't like away. them this year. They're a stay away. And then Jameis Atlanta, Winston, you were you want to bet on Jameis Winston? Atlanta seems like a year away. There's really not a lot of good teams in the NFC. That's another reason I think the win totals thing, because I neither of us like the NFC East. NFC no. North, it's the Packers, and they're gonna have that Rogers soap opera the whole year. I honestly NFC think South? Minnesota might be, I might do a tiny bit on Minnesota as a little bit of a, a NFC North sleeper. I'm still kind of staring Atlanta down. Yeah, I think, I'm with you on that one I as think well. people fell off them because they traded Julio and it's like, I, I'm not sure what Julio was for them at this point. He's but, a receiver heading into his 30, mid-30s. So Arthur Brown, Arthur, what's Arthur his Smith. name? Smith. FedEx, FedEx yeah. Arthur. Yes, exactly. Arthur, Arthur Smith, uh, they they had the most um, one score loss games of any team in the I'm NFL aware. last year. Yes, and and so uh, you you and Schrager might have already talked about this a little bit. I've uh, I've been on them for a while. I yeah. didn't want them to trade Julio, but now I feel like the Julio thing has has screwed up people's perception of them. Their win total is is yeah, it's seven and a half. I'm gonna play the I'm playing the over uh, for them. I, I like the over for them. I like the over eight and a half is plus one forty. So it was at, nine at and two eight two Nine, and, Nine eight. and eight. That's a that's a like a, a good season. I'm also thinking. I think there was a lot of smoke and mirrors shit with Arizona last year. And if you really, I I lost some bets on them last year where I was like, wow, this team's actually probably not that good. And their over is at eight, so the under is plus one ten, which would be seven and ten. But mm. you think NFC West is loaded. Yeah. So they went like one and five against the other three teams in that division. And then at that point, even two and four, which is not like yeah, two and four, two and four is not great either. And then they yeah. were 500 the rest of the way and they lose. I, the thing I'm just starting my research. As soon as yes. the finals ends, we got the draft. Yeah, we um, have the book. Like we one have more the, it's a 463 page book. which just came out for Christ's sakes. But we're just talking some early feels, some early things that we like that we've seen out there. I have the first two weeks of August. I'm for the first time in the history of this podcast. I'm just taking two weeks off. Wow, we're just gonna have no podcast in this feed. I'm not doing stupid gimmick shit. It's just out. So good. Um, I'm gonna use part of those two weeks to read Warren Sharp's book and a whole bunch of other um, magazines and really, really be ready because I really ready. I want this to be like I felt like we had so much momentum on this podcast with the playoffs last year. Schrager's going to be on every Thursday. Yeah, we're you guys, our picks. You and Schrager, we're cleaning up. We're doing great. He's he's having a good flying coach season right now, which I, yeah. I hope people are listening to that podcast because they're terrific. He's, I think he's had eight coaches, but really good. The Shanahan pod was, I think, I, one of the best pods we've run this year. I loved it so much. The funniest thing, of course, was him talking about, well, we, we ran the ball, whatever percentage he's claiming they, they ran the ball yeah. in the Super Bowl. I mean, buddy, that's not, the stat that anybody cares about. You just needed to fall down three times and and not you lose yardage and then kick a field goal to win the Super Bowl. That's and he did, he didn't totally want to throw Matt Ryan under the bus. <laughs> well, but, I mean, but, why was he dropping back to pass? Whose fault right, is that? Right, anyway, right. It's fine. Hey, 
quickly, Miami. Yeah. Overs nine and a half. That is seems it, high. It's just too. I like it's a it's, ten and seven for Tua. We're asking a lot out of Tua. Now that defense is legit. It's a good team. And, good yeah. team, well coached. Yep, exactly. But man, I need to know what I'm getting out of Tua, and I really need to know what I'm getting out of the backup. No more Fitz Magic in Miami to bail them out. Last thing for you, and then we'll go. The uh, Olympic basketball odds. <laughs> we're on this. We're doing this this year. We've had success before with this. I, I've already stepped in. Oh, you didn't even tell me. You cheated yeah, on me. I did. Well, because I knew I knew you would do it and the odds hadn't changed. And I just I I did Slovenia at 25 to 1. I'm I'm on that. You know I'm on that. That's just who do we think That's just a smart bet. It's just yeah. like could Luca beat this weird American team by himself? That's right. Yeah, he actually could. That's it. Or could this weird USA team get beaten by somebody else and then Luca has some you know, Phoenix Suns-like path where he's in the finals because he got caught some breaks and played really well. That's right. So That's the bet. I studied Slovenia's team a little bit, hoping to recognize anybody else's name other than Luke. I could not, but they beat a Lithuania team that had Jonas Valanciunas and uh, Sabonis on it. Is there not another pro on Slovenia? It's like not anybody anyone's heard of. Okay. So U.S. is minus 370 on FanDuel. Australia is plus 500. Yeah, I'm betting that. Spain is 14 to 1. I'm betting that. You're betting Spain? Yeah, sure. Yes. They have NBA players. I'm betting all the teams that have NBA players. I'm France. betting Ni- Nigeria. So I'm going to bet Nigeria to medal. Not not to win, but to medal. France is 23 to 1. Slovenia 25 to 1. Nigeria 29 to 1. I was intrigued by the Nigeria ads until I remembered Mike Brown was the coach. And then I, <laughs> it's like it's a nice story, but come on, Mike Brown's They're not, not going to win. The but gold medal. Is, is there a bronze? Is, maybe there's a bronze. You, you, we'll, we'll be able to bet that as it gets closer. I'm shocked by the Australia odds. What the five to one? Those are that's way too high. They, they I, like I, if you told me it was plus one sixty, I would bet it. Not even kidding. So plus odds for Australia. The parallel 04, which we, when we won on uh, Argentina, we won one of our yes. greatest wins. You joined me on that one, didn't you? Yes. Oh, yes, I did. And, and it, the money mattered back then, believe me. Manu, Luis Scola, I think was on that team, but Manu specifically. Yeah. And uh, was kind of the superstar of that team, but they were good. It was like Manu and a bunch of role guys. You need like a, you need the guy who can go toe to toe. When we almost lost to Spain in 2012, they both Gasols. Those guys were like, we can actually legitimately get, and they had Juan Carlos Navarro and Jose Calderon. Like, that was a good team. Um, Slovenia, it's just Luca against the world. And, you know, if it's like Durant, Tatum, Dame, we have no Bradley Beal now. JaVale McGee's on this team. <laughs> they have six guys I trust. I guess Middleton and Booker are going to be on there. Maybe Booker will... Um, make me feel better about this team? Because the other way I was thinking was USA minus 370, we might never get better odds than that ever, right? They're adding Middleton, Booker, and Drew Holiday to this team. Yep. I still like the <laughs> other teams. <laughs> well, they should have a bet, like, just the field. Yeah. It's like USA's minus 370. Just give me all the other teams. Well, yeah, we'll have to lay juice for that. That, which is which is uh, you know which is fine. You you're right. By the way, it was it was Manu. It was Luis Scola, uh, uh, Oberto, Andres. Oh, Fabrizio Oberto. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Nocione. Uh, I like Nocione. Yeah. Delfino. Yeah, that team was Carlos good. Delfino. They were good. 
All right, so then that hurts the Slovenia bet because then the blueprint is you need five five NBA type guys because that's what Spain had. Spain really could have won in 08 or in 12. They could have beaten us. Australia kind of fits it though. For the people listening at home who are probably outraged that House and I would bet against America um, in the Olympics, we don't see red, white, and blue when we gamble. We see green. <laughs> Our national color is green. Well, we it's it's basically the no win scenario of all time. If America yeah. wins, we're we're great. We're American. If they lose, then it'd be like I told you they were gonna lose, at least I made money for it. So we can't we can't lose either way. Uh all right, House. We'll hear you on Fairway Rolling. And yes. uh and come back on Ringer NFL show near the end of the year. And uh, and you have no first round pick, as usual, in the NBA draft next week. <laughs> Yes, yeah, we do. We have the fifteenth. I thought you traded it for Westbrook. Uh, I thought that was twenty three because you're not allowed. Oh, so to... you do have a first round pick? I think so. I'm pretty sure that's true. I, I like some it... of the guys in that thirteen to fifteen range. Yeah, we need an athletic. We need to to figure out uh, a, a a player to help solve the catastrophe that it was is Davis Bertans. So we need like another athletic defending rim running kind of I kind of player. We argued about it on this pod and you defended I, the Berton signing. He he you defended I, it. I did not know how bad he 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 was defensively. He literally there's not one player in the entire NBA that I would feel comfortable saying he can defend. Who's winning uh game 6? The Milwaukee Bucks. Congratulations so. to Milwaukee Nation. I think so as well. Giannis now minus 430 for finals MVP. Just I got him at plus 130. Yeah, there you go. All right, House. Great to see you. Good job by you. Good times. Good job by you. All right, that's it for the podcast. Back Tuesday night, me and Marcillo. We are going to be in person for the first time since pre-pandemic. We're going to watch game six together, and then we're going to do a podcast about it. So that is coming up. This podcast was produced by the one and only Kyle Creighton. I will see you on the Rewatchables feed on Monday for Fight Club, and then I will see you on this feed for Tuesday. For game six, we'll see if the Bucks can close it. See you then. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.